Nobody who's lying on their deathbed wishes they could have one more day in the office, do they? No one. Mm -mm. No, unless they're doing what they love. Yeah. So like, I think, no, I'm okay with that because I feel like I help people. But I also feel like I I take that in in other things and our loved ones. And and it should be a vehicle for you to be able to help other people. So what's your purpose? I am great at putting things together with my hands and I love cars. Mm. Well, there you go. Mm. Right. And it's funny because some people think about that and they want to think about pie in the sky. Well, not everybody can be an artist. Somebody's got to get the work done. Well, that's a resentment. So why did you say it like that? So what is your purpose? Well, I love numbers. I love this. So your purpose is to be an accountant and you like working in the accounting office. Okay. So feel good about who you are. Why do you feel bad about who you are? Not everybody is meant to be an entrepreneur. It's not like it's the end all goal. It is the end all goal for some people. Other people, their goal is completely different and that's okay, that's wonderful. Hi everybody, welcome to Coffee with Robert. It's great to have you here today and I've got a great guest with me. I'm gonna be very careful of a surname because I've got to get it right. Jennifer Gligerich, is that right? (gasps) That is so great, yeah, it's amazing. First one out of the gate. I've impressed myself with that. Jennifer <laughs> is um, a long-standing entrepreneur, very successful lady, executive coach, founder of Entrepods as well, which I'm sure she's going to tell you all about. But more than all of that, she's got a terrific backstory. Because for those of you that come to Coffee with Robert regularly, you'll know this show's not just about success. It's also about challenges. It's also about the human element how we fall down, take the skin off our knees. Some of us get up and some of us choose not to. This lady certainly did. And I'm really, really keen for her to share her story. So with that all said and done and out of the way, Jennifer, it's wonderful to welcome you to the show. Thanks for accepting. I am so excited to be here because after the last time we talked before, uh, briefly, I reached out or you reached out to me Mm -hmm. and uh, then I Google stalked you. So now I've seen all the videos, all the all the stuff like that and became completely familiar. So now I'm going to, you know, be a little bit of a fangirl, probably. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, it kind of always feels, uh, uh, always when the, when that word stalked comes up, that always kind of makes me feel a little bit uneasy. I've got to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah. I know, I'm kidding. I don't know. If it, but what do you call it? You know, you just, I guess you just research. That's yeah, what it is. I That's the you. more professional term. Yeah, That's I what I need. I, sh- I should know that as, you know, yeah. as someone in, in my line of work. But I don't know. I well, think it's, it's just a more funny. professional way of putting it, to be honest. Yeah. But we both know yeah. you've been stalking me. So we'll yes, leave it there. I'm sorry. Um, no. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm only kidding. Listen, Jennifer, I know you've got a wonderful story to share. And, um, you know, we, we had a brief chat about it before. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's quite compelling stuff. And I wonder if you'd be kind enough just to take a few minutes to talk about a little bit more about who you are, where you came from, where you are now, and where, you, where you're going with things. Yeah, no, I'm not going to do that. Okay, yeah, 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 well, yeah, (laughs) yeah, no, okay, no, it'll be great. No, so my story is is pretty interesting, and it's much more typical in America than people like to talk about because our culture is like you don't want to talk about any adversity until after you've already beaten it, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Which I think is a little ridiculous, but that's just me. Anyway, I grew up pretty. My early life was great. I was surrounded, and this is a key. My youngest years, I was surrounded by people who loved me and made me feel like I was worthy. Okay, so I'm going to I'm going to preface everything by saying that I had a leg up 
just because of that. Then when my, my mother owned the largest staffing agency of her kind in our area of Texas, which is a large area, she was an incredible businesswoman. Uh, the mom stuff, not as much. I had many brothers and sisters, four brothers and sisters. They were all out of the house by the time, you know, I was like three. So, so I kind of was raised in this weird gray area anyway. So I worked with her and I, and I learned the power of jobs and how important it is for people to work. We get a lot of our self-worth about what we do all day long. And she put people to work, boilermakers, welders, uh, plant secretaries, you name it. It was an incredible education, uh, but also too just listening with my child's eyes and ears and soaking it up, learning what was a good interview, what was a bad interview. I was just always around. So I had some very incredible skill sets that I just got pretty much through osmosis and having it beat into me, I guess, as a kid, that when my family faltered, right when I was a teenager, I, I didn't come from not having any background. So I ended up being a homeless teenager. I was pregnant and homeless. Uh, my family now, if you met them, you think I grew up with a silver spoon in my mouth. But at that one time, it's like all the people around me went through crisis. And sometimes that happens. Hmm. And I ended up uh, get, being in a homeless shelter, meeting some mentors through that, then not being able to be in the homeless shelter because homeless shelters, even for teens have expirations. You can be there like a week or two, then you have to get out for a while. Then you can come back again. So long as you know, you, you were good the first time. And so I had periods of either having a roof over my head or not having a roof over my head. I ended up going to college throughout that whole thing. A lot of people had no idea I was homeless in college because one of the skills that I got was the skill of blending and being not noticed. Being able to be in a crowd, no matter who it was, and fitting in somehow, figuring out just how to do that. So that was a skill that was definitely learned by being homeless, whether it was I wanted to fit in into an expensive uh, mall, you know, because South Florida has some expensive malls. I'd want to fit in. I don't want people to notice me. I just didn't want to be noticed. This is a great skill for me now as a consultant because I've went into businesses in crisis and I'm the type of person you don't notice, but I also figure out where the rot is a lot quicker than most other people do. Mm. Um, I got out of it, went into recruiting. Uh, then I went into sales. I worked with my mother again. She'd gotten her life back together and the business and everything else. And so I went and worked with her for a while. We had forgiveness. I cannot even tell you the power of forgiveness. Um, she did a lot of hard work though. So, cause I didn't talk to her for like seven years mm -hmm. and then she had done the work and she had asked for forgiveness and she works hard at it every day. She's been sober for decades now through the grace of God and Alcoholics Anonymous. And it is a daily, it's a daily struggle. And I'm very, very proud of her and awed at the woman she is because um, if you've ever been an addict, you do things that are embarrassing and humiliating, and you just want to probably leave. And she didn't. She was very strong, and she she humbled herself. And she's not a humble person by nature. Mm -hmm. And she did what she had to do. And so it was. It's easier to forgive when they do the work. You don't forgive if they're not willing to do the work, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, that was very healing for me because that was a huge burden, and I let it go. And I, I didn't resent her getting rid of resentment. Like I could be so much farther in life. It wouldn't for her. I can't tell you how freeing that was. 
and uh, I moved forward. And now I have a, uh, a podcast for entrepreneurs. Entrepreneurs are my love. And I also do executive level fractional consulting. So if somebody needs more than just advice, they need somebody to come in and really work with them to mm -hmm. either scale remotely, move out of their business and not in their business and do things like that. They get me for that. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's, it in a very nutshell. And there's lots of stories that go along with that. And yeah. there's a lot of very bad things and, and, and good things. But yeah, that's it in a nutshell. That's a great, it's a great story. And, and to be honest with you, most of the people that I come across and that I know about that become successful, uh, I've normally got a, a kind of similar story to tell they, that, that it kind of all started from a place of pain. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I've actually got a similar background. My mom was an alcoholic. And um, yeah, I struggled with my mum for a lot of years and I lost her to pancreatic cancer about 18 months ago. Um, but a long, long time ago, mum turned it around, stopped drinking and literally saved so many people's lives by going out there and helping other people do the same that she ended up being just such a great friend to me. And it was out of, it was out of that that I got to see what a really special person she really was. And I went Very from a to my story. frustrated and angry with her to mm. being immensely proud of her. And I miss her every day. And so you're, you're dead right. I mean, there's, you've got to, the thing is with, with any emotion like hatred and stuff like that, where does it start? You own it, you own it first, right? Mm -hmm. yeah it's it's it's, it's basically swallowing poison hoping other people die yeah. you know that yeah. that that old saying but it's so true because yeah. it's it, we do and this is terrible too especially if you've been legitimately harmed legitimately mm. abused yeah. if you have been beaten and hit like the bad things you're not supposed to do to children or to you know if you get through that then there is a certain thing well you you deserve that anger you deserve yeah. that pain yeah but at, at one point, it just starts harming you even worse than the abuser does. So you have to, you have to find a way to get rid of it. And once you become an adult, yeah. you get to choose what you allow to hurt you. And when you decide to choose not to allow that to hurt you and not to allow abuse, even if you're justified, just mm. being justified and anger goes, yeah, I'm justified. That shouldn't have happened to me. Mm. But now I get to change that. That is empowering. A victim mindset is not empowering. Anyone who 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 talks like that, I just think, man, that's you're never going, you're never going to be happy. You might have lots of money, but you'll never be, you'll never be truly happy. And the name of the game isn't lots of money, it's to be happy. That's, <laughs> and that's those two outcome. aren't always the same thing. It isn't being dead broke. There's this no. wonderful gray area, right? Mm. So some people say when you say that, they think, oh. Well, you just want me to be broke and eat bugs and live in pods. Mm. No, no. There's this wonderful gray area. And then they, we have these extremes. Okay. Mm. Stay away from those. And there's this wonderful middle part, you mm. know, and you are free to choose any part of that spectrum you want. You know, you keep touching on that word choice and choose. Right. And that yes. is, I, I really want to just stop on that for a second, because I bang on about this all the time, because mm -hmm. everything is a choice. Everything is a choice. The thought, the thing you say. The action you take, everything is a choice. But there are people out there that won't buy that story. Why? Because if they do, that means they've got to take responsibility for the shit that shows up. Mm -hmm. Right. 
And a lot of people don't want to take responsibility for their life. They prefer to blame somebody or something else for what's going on in their life. But the hard, cold fact is, when it all boils down to it, we're all responsible. It's ripples in a pond. We're all responsible for what shows up. The empowering thing, which you've just alluded to, is if you can get your, your mindset right and receive that information in the way it should be received, you realize that's a green flag to go get whatever you want. Yeah. Isn't it? It means you're the yeah. captain of your own ship. That's what turned my life around was when I realized that concept and I got that from a set of Jim Rohn tapes that my dad gave me years <laughs> and years and years ago. Yeah. And, and, and this concept of, God, this isn't happening to me. I'm creating this stuff, really? And then I started looking at it and I thought, do you know what? Yeah, some people get life, really angry about with. that. Oh, sorry. sorry. Go ahead. I said, no, I just, a lot of people get, become angered. I didn't yeah. do this to myself. I'm not doing this to myself. They become, they yeah. feel attacked completely because, yeah. but it's because they're comfortable with it. It's like this, it's like the bad tooth. You can't help but tongue in your mouth. You get used to that pain and then you start to get addicted to the pain. And yeah. at one point you got to stop doing it, you know? Yeah. No. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I didn't right. mean to cut you off there. No, 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 that's okay. But it, it really was. It was just, you know, for, for me, it was that kind of, I looked at all of the situations in life that I wasn't really happy with and realized there was, I was the mitigating factor in all of them. I was the one constant. That told me everything I needed to know. So it took a long time, hard work and investing in, in, in working on myself and, and getting help and everything else, mentors and all that sort of stuff. But here's the thing that I find as well is that that is the difference between the people that take personal development, spiritual awakening, all that stuff, and make it work for them and create a better life for themselves. That's the difference between those folks and the ones that don't, is the ones that are willing to take the attitude of, I'm going to do whatever it takes. I'm committed to see this through until I get the change I'm looking for because it mm -hmm. takes a lot of conscious effort, don't you think, in the beginning? Because you're yes. breaking habit patterns. Yeah, it takes conscious effort mm. and being open to it. And I'm not saying you have to be hard on yourself. You can, mm. you can forgive yourself. You can still feel anger. Anger is actually a healthy emotion. Mm. There are certain things that are, that are gonna happen and you're, you're okay to feel anger about them. Mm. I'm talking about taking anger and making it your best friend and taking re and then letting it turn into a resentment that's with you to where it mars all of your happy experiences mm. right you yeah. make a choice to, to to just let let you have to let that anger go at one point and then move with reality yeah. you know that radical acceptance and honesty is the key to change i think i say that all the time mm. and and that's what that means you've got to accept where you're at and then pan move a path forward and say what is my end goal i want to feel good during the day yeah. i want to feel happy i want to have this and when you talk about money don't let entrepreneurial peer pressure and successful people are the worst at this you go to a, a networking meeting how much money do you want to make i'm going to be a millionaire i'm going to win 10 million dollars i'm going to do this and really if you actually sat down you need to come up with your number one and let nobody pressure you into it mm. 
and say, okay, so what do I really want? And I did this exercise because I was one of the people who's going to say, I'm going to be a multimillionaire all the time. And I had these huge numbers and I couldn't understand why I was so unhappy and I wasn't getting them because I didn't want to live that lifestyle for that. What I wanted is to be able to have time for my kid, to be able to have time to do other things. I needed to, I want to go on cruises. I love cruises. I wanted to be able to do that. When I actually figured that out, what I really wanted to make around the years about at that point, when I did, this is years ago, it's like 150,000 would have been my ultimate dream goal a year. I could do everything I actually wanted to do now. And it depends on where you live and cost of living and all that other stuff. But once I did that, I realized, well, I can do that. Yeah. I can hit that. Mm. And once I, and then I started working for my number one goal and not this pie in the sky number for other people, letting other people determine what my happiness is going to be. Everything started changing. And it's like, I'm amazing how that happens. Cause I stopped. Yeah. You hit on it just now when you said really, you know, all that we should be concerned with really is being happy. That's all there is. That's the only, nobody who's lying on their deathbed wishes they could have one more day in the office. Do they? No one. Mm-mm. No, unless no. they're doing what they love. Yeah. So like, I think, no, I'm okay with that because I feel like I help people, yeah. but I also feel like I, I take that in, in other things and our loved mm. ones, and, and it should be a vehicle for you to be able to help other people. So what's your purpose? Yeah. I am great at putting things together with my hands and I love cars. Mm. Well, there you go. Mm. Right. And it's funny because some people think about that and they want to think about pie in the sky. Well, not everybody can be an artist. Somebody's got to get the work done. Well, that's a resentment. So why did you say it like that? Mm. So what is your purpose? Well, I love numbers. I love this. So your purpose is to be an accountant and you like working in the accounting Mm. office. Okay. So feel good about who you are. Why do you feel bad about who you are? Mm. Not everybody is meant to be an entrepreneur. It's not like it's the end all goal. It is the end all goal for some people. Other people, their goal is completely different and that's okay. That's wonderful. Yeah. And all of that stuff, by the way, comes from egocentric thinking, mm-hmm. right? Conscious, yeah. logical thought, thought processes, where we spend all of our time comparing ourselves to other people, and we think that's what we should be like. And we and we never, generally anyway, people will never compare themselves with somebody that makes them look favorable. They do it in reverse, so they always feel less by comparison to that person. Right? Yes. And you're dead yes. right, by the way. It's this little, purpose, this little screen, does it? Exactly. Purpose, though, <laughs> comes comes from within. Mm-hmm. It is the essence of who you are. You know, we've spoken before. I know about the conscious thought levels. We've mm-hmm. talked about subconscious mind. Now, with subconscious mind, what happens with that? You feed that different information over a period of time. It goes out through reticular activation system, seeks evidence to support what you're saying and thinking, mm-hmm. and creates a new belief system can be thrown off course sometimes, depending on the feedback, depending on the evidence that comes in. Here's the thing though, when you take time to find out who you really are and you connect with your true self, you align with yourself, that's below the subconscious. That's your link to your spiritual source. That's where faith lives, but guess what? Faith doesn't need evidence, it is a knowing. It is knowing. So it's so tremendously powerful, like you said, to align yourself with who you really are, embrace it, love yourself and go forward through life that way. You become unstoppable. It doesn't matter what people say. 
It doesn't matter. And I can't tell you how many women I've worked with in particular with this who have struggled so mightily with it's either one or the other. I feel like my most centered person when I'm at work or I feel it with my kids, you know, or, or something like that. There's, there's a very uh, terrible dichotomy with it. And when they finally admit what they really, really want, it is very freeing. Some people really just want to be a great mother and a great wife and smart and want to do that. And guess what? Once you decide that that's really what I want, then you are an executive level domestic, you know, engineer <laughs> at that point. Yeah. And you're completely fulfilled. And, and, and other people look at that and they think that's misery to me. Wow. So we can, we can openly state it. So, and, and that's fine. What, what it is, is knowing, like know thyself, right? I can't. You're right. You're absolutely right. We cannot stress this enough. Every bit of success you're going to have for a happy life comes with that one thing. Who am I? What is my purpose here mm. on this planet? What really makes me truly happy? Mm. And negative people will say, well, everybody's going to want to be a, a rap star artist or, you know, some, something yeah. like that. But it, when most people are really honest, it's amazing how honestly they answer that. Yeah. Well, I want to be a farmer. I want to grow things. I want, I want to be, I want to sit there with bonsai trees and spend two years creating the perfect thing. It is so different yeah. and so diverse and so beautiful and glorious. There is enough for all of us to be truly happy. Beautifully said. Absolutely true. And, and when, that, when, when you get that awareness of who you are mm. and what you're all about, we should all stop and celebrate that moment for a minute because you just took the brakes off your life. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's now everything moment. is limitless. And yeah. I was just back. I was on another, another podcast with, with a millennial. She's a millennial finance person and she wrote for eight years of traditional finance. And then one day she just said, you know, I'm doing everything I'm writing about and I'm considered an expert and I've been on all these major platforms, but it's all wrong. Mm. because I've not gotten ahead and I've done everything that they've said. I've invested the way they've said, I've sat on my money the way they said. And then she broke three on what do I really want to be happy? Because she was unhappy and she was doing everything quote unquote, right. And now everyone said, well, this is stupid The you know, look at the economy, look at the, this, I don't care. And guess what? She grew like threefold during COVID. Yeah. by completely pivoting to that. And yeah. now she can't get it up enough. And now she's helping people sell and, and entrepreneurs sell and do all this other stuff mm. like that. And I said, what's the number one problem you have when, when an entrepreneur or, or a business owner or somebody comes to you because they're terrified of selling? She goes, number mm. one, we're all selling something at somehow. We're all in sales. And two, they don't know their business. They don't really know what they really want and they don't have it figured out. Mm. And so- Knowing yourself is important, but this is even important for business. Once you get that figured out, then you have a, a business. What is the goal of the business? Yeah. Because the business and you are two totally different people. So then you come up with the goal for your business and then you can plan an exit strategy. Then you're not just working in this business and creating this job that you become miserable with. You're working on the business and growing that to what the potential that has. And that's a completely different mindset. So if you can start with yourself, then you can take that theory and apply it to what you're creating, whether or not it's this hobby you're creating into a business or whatever you're doing. Yeah. It's exponential. 
No, I, I agree with you totally. And I, I bang on about that a, a lot as well, because I'm passionate about business systems and, and actually having your business work for you. Mm-hmm. Not just in terms of the fact that, that if it doesn't rely on you, you can walk away and you've got an exit strategy. But in the meantime, while, while you're building the business as well, structure a business to support your lifestyle in the way you want to be. You know, it's like I, I, I had a, a conversation with a client, um, you know, a week or two ago about taking Fridays off. Mm-hmm. And, and I just said, take Fridays now, take them off. That's it. Just yeah, take them off the to schedule. Work around that. Don't don't just build the business and, and think, well, one day, maybe if I can build it to this stage, I can pull myself out of it. No, take your Fridays off now and build your business around that format. And, and that's the way I believe it should be, because at the heart of everything, the most important thing is you. It's your life. And the business is there to serve you, not the other way around. Yeah. Yeah. And once you build it that way and you're happier, guess what? You're going to come up with better ideas. You're going to service your clients better. You're going to be yes. better at the world yeah. and different things. So you've got it. And, and one of the things like, so this is a great thing that a company called the Motley Fool does. So mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of looking at culture decks, right? The biggest companies, their culture decks, how they did it. Netflix was the first one that came out with that. And she built that company. They exploded. And then they ended up firing her because she no longer aligned to the culture deck that she built. <laughs> it's a hilarious story but that's that's how it goes it was time for her to move on right yeah but so i'm looking at one of the companies what they do is they force a vacation and they're a huge company hundreds of people right but they Mm. started doing this when they were small they had this lotto that they would do and it, it, it was it was weird what they would do is give fake money basically to people. So uh, you get five, five fake coins and so does Sarah and so does John and so do I. Small company, four people. And then each month you give coins to who's been helping you, who you like, and you tell them something nice. You can't keep the coins for yourself. You can only give them. And then they would have someone who embodied the culture and the missions, what, you know, whatever. So this was a great strategy because mm-hmm. number one, it showed the managers who is really doing the hard work in the background. And sometimes those people are unsung. So the more they grew, the more they figured out who the unsung heroes were, because you never hear from those people. They're never a problem, but they're the ones that are the backbone of the company. So the people who grew up and then they, what they would do is they also would take all the people who made the top. So maybe there's 10 or 20 or whatever, and they would do a lotto. And one of them had to take a vacation within the next two weeks and it was paid. And I'm like, that's, that's a tough one, right? Because hard workers don't want to leave. They're Mm -hmm. worried that, well, what if they don't miss me if I'm gone? Right? Well, number one, then you know that what they've done is structure the department well, if you don't miss them, because if it was a month, you would miss them to what if they feel like they can do without me and all this other stuff. But what it does for the company is it also is a forced training to see who what processes aren't working? Where do we feel a pain point? So if this critical person, we already know is critical because they won all the gold, quote, quote, unquote, is gone, then where can we improve processes? Yeah. So it's constantly testing the company and making the systems better by rewarding the people that are doing the, the greatest work. And that took a lot of out the box thinking, right? Mm-hmm. And so there's always these solutions uh, for things like that, for people to, to figure this type of stuff in, because as owners, we're afraid, mm-hmm. right? And there's that uh, book, you know, Who Moved My Cheese? What would you do if you were not afraid? Well, then it becomes a little bit limitless. Then you can mm-hmm. fly, right? Mm-hmm. And so that stems on the knowing thyself and then coming up with the mission and building those systems and yeah. testing them. 
So, yeah. Oh, I love it. I love it. You speak with such passion and energy about that stuff. I could. I, could, I love it. Yeah. We could, <laughs> yeah. we could be here at breakfast tomorrow still talking if I'm not oh, careful. Oh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> no, I'm aware of the time and I don't want to run on yeah, too no. long. But, but yeah. um, one thing that I did want to ask you before we wrap up is a little bit more about, you know, what your major driving passion is now. Um, and also before we wrap up, once you get that out of the way, um, there's going to be people that are going to be watching this that are going to want to get in touch with you and know more about you. So if you could tell us a little bit about where they can go to find out more, that'd be great as well. Okay, I'd love to. Well, right now, my big passion is getting out information like this to other entrepreneurs, mm -hmm. because we're going through this terrible time, but I feel in my soul, we're making this global shift to a new way to live that's going to be a lot better for everyone. It's kind of painful like birth, right? And even though I'm unhappy with a lot of the political things and stuff like that, I still feel in the end that there's more of us positive-minded people than there are of other people, and it's all going to work out. But we got to all do our part, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm getting out education, and I work as a fractional consultant. And if people, and that means if you need help, or if you're like, golly, I really wish I could hire better people. I have a problem keeping people retained or I need to, like I just talked to a client this morning, as a matter of fact, and I'm excited about it. I have to move overseas because my wife's family is there. We have all these kids and we realize we need the help. I've got a small company, but I need to move away from the company so I can move overseas. Well, that's great. I helped scale up mostly remote companies for the last 10 years. I'm an expert on it. So I will work as a fractional consultant to help that person do that to hit his, his goal. So that's what I do. And if you want to find me, you just go to entrepods, E-N-T-R-E-P-O-D-S.com. Or if you want to find me on social media, put at Entrepods and you'll pull up my podcast and all of my information. It's really easy to find me. Coolio. Jennifer, you've been a wonderful guest. Thank you so much. I've really enjoyed Thank our time. Thank you for having me. I've got, a, I've got a vibe from this as well. There's an awful lot of energy. I think there's going to be a, a, an episode two of this chat because I think there's a lot more to come from it in the future. Me too. Me Definitely. too. Well, you're going to be on my show too. And so I, I hope that we can be guests because you've got such an amazing story and I want to do the same thing yeah. for our audience to hear it because I can't, yeah. I, I just can't wait. And, and uh, thanks guys Thank for, for having me and I really appreciate being here. It's been an absolute joy. And let's, um, yeah, well, I'll speak to you soon on your show. And uh, I'm sure we're going to become firm friends as time moves forward. And yeah. uh, we'll be talking a lot more. But That'll thanks again, Jennifer. Have a great rest of your day. You too. Cheers. Bye.